1: So I just grew, always grew up in this mindset of like, we never have enough money, you're not spending money on everything, on like anything. But essentially that just meant that I like, learned how to have fun without
2: spending any money. Yeah, like, <laughs> you learned I- to have fun on like a zero dollar day.
1: Yeah, like instead of like a zero dollar day, it would be like a zero dollar month, you know? Oh my gosh. my
2: Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I'm your host and also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here with my guest today, Napoleon. Hi, Napoleon. Hi, Barbara. I just really like your fake name. Why? Thank you. I mean, he was
1: the guy that like almost conquered Europe, and I really feel like that's the energy that I need to bring in my
2: life. So why not? I love it. So we're going to be conquering your finances today. I absolutely am with your help, Barbara. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so the fun. Fi- so if anyone's new and listening to this podcast, I know nothing about my guests. Usually, I have a spreadsheet. So you just sent me your spreadsheet, which I have opened. But give me the rundown. So where do you live? What do you do? How old you are? All that stuff.
1: Sure. So I'm Napoleon Bonaparte in another life. I recently moved to New Haven, Connecticut, from Denver, Colorado, um, to start my new job as a laboratory manager. So I, Ooh. Am, yes, I work for one of our um, Yale spin-off biotech R and D labs. Um, I just turned 25 earlier this July, and I also recently got a raise from 85K to 95K. Amazing. Yes, I'm very excited. I was not expecting it. They just kind of like dropped it off at my desk, and they were like, happy birthday. You're (gasps) welcome. That's a great birthday present.
2: Right? Like, thank you. Because usually you have to like ask and advocate for those things.
1: Yeah, no, they were just like, you know, we're doing market adjustments. And honestly, we wanted to hire you at 95. But you were just said like, yes. So we feel kind of feel like we cheated. And then like, I was like, Oh, man, maybe I should have asked for more when I like was hired onto the job.
2: Hey, well, they, they bumped you up, so that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, because sometimes they do market analysis, and not, this doesn't happen with every company, but sometimes they'll go through and do market analysis and see if they're in line with what the market's paying for different roles, and they'll do adjustments. doesn't always happen, but some companies do do that. Yeah. Which is great. Okay, so biotech lab management. Yes. Making 95. So you're new to the Connecticut area. I am. And single? Yes. Yes, sorry. Okay,
1: I think that's, yeah.
2: Okay, so let's talk about some of your
1: expenses. Yes. So my expenses are really low because I grew up really poor and I can't escape that mindset. Um, so my rent is my biggest one. It comes at 1136 per month, which was kind of a hard pill to swallow because I was paying 650 in Denver.
2: Oh, really? I would have guessed Denver was more expensive. Well, I was also like...
1: So my previous job, they paid, the, like, really terribly. So I was just okay. renting a room in somebody's house. Got it. Okay. Yeah, but now I have, like, an actual, like, big girl apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Right? Uh, it's so great. Um, and then for internet, I have 45, but I don't always use the internet, so that's kind of flexible. For electricity, Wait, how is the internet flexible? Well, so I keep a really strict budget of like 300 a month for like food and entertainment but if I like if I decide like I I have to you know spend a little bit more then I just won't pay my internet and then I'll just like read books for entertainment
2: it's one of those can you oh it's I was gonna ask so it's not a monthly subscription for internet
1: no it's it was also cheaper than the monthly subscription at least
2: in my area so yeah Okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk about your budget because all food and entertainment is $300 a month. Yeah. Everything. Everything. How? I don't. How do you, how, how do you get to work? Do you drive? I bike. You, walk? you bike. Okay. Okay. So tell, I'm just curious. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your background growing up because this is a very impressive budget. Cause you know, I like people who are frugal.
1: Because I I feel like it's too – sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I'm being too extravagant. I, like, ate out once a month. Like, I need to calm down. Well, we are – so I come from an immigrant family. My parents are from um, Hungary, which is not a very, you know, lucrative country in general. And then two of my siblings – I have three. um, They have cystic fibrosis, so that means we were always in, like, medical debt. Mm -hmm. and. So as soon as we came over, we came over when I was, like, 12, I, like, started to help out at home and, you know, like, get jobs to help support everybody. So I just grew, always grew up in this mindset of, like, we never have enough money. You're not spending money on everything, on, like, anything. But essentially, that just meant that I, like, learned how to have fun without spending any money. Yeah. <laughs> like, you learned I, to have fun on, like, a $0 day. Yeah. Like, instead of, like, a $0 day, it would be, like, a $0 month, you know? Oh, my
2: gosh. Yeah, well, you're right. You can read books, and we have a phenomenal library system in this country,
1: right? Like it's so good, and then people don't feel phenomenal. Like it. Yeah, no
2: one realizes it, but it's not yes. something that you have in every country, and it's a phenom like it's a phenomenal library system. It's so good, and you can get like museum passes and mm-hmm. like the internet. It's amazing. Yeah, I am super impressed by this. This is impressive. Okay, so. You really limit yourself. Your savings rate, depending on the month, goes anywhere. This is like astounding. And you're 25. Oh, my gosh. It goes at your low, 30%. At your high, 84 How did you get to 84? What happened? How did you do okay. that?
1: So I just need to justify myself. In January, okay. that was all of my expenses for moving. And ah. like the Christmas presents for my family and I okay. paid some of their rent. So that's why that embarrassing 30%
2: is there. But the 84% was because I got a big tax refund. Got it. Okay. Amazing. So you yeah. obviously saved that. I do think we need to get you to take a vacation. I think so too, which is okay. one of the questions I had. <laughs> Okay, perfect. Because I also want to point out before we... Well, we don't have a ton to talk about with expenses. We have rent and electricity. Thank God you pay for that. And then you spend $300 a month on food and entertainment. And if you need it, you'll pay for internet for $45. Do you have a cell phone? I do. Yeah. Is that... Where is that?
1: Oh, so those like one-time expenses. So I, I use Mint Mobile, which is like 15 bucks a month. And I usually have enough like windfall throughout the year where like people give me like birthday money that i just put the birthday money to like expenses like that so i don't really factor it into the budget
2: wait no i have no idea what mint mobile is oh yeah it's um it's ryan reynolds i think his name is the
1: actor he has his own yeah he, ha- he has his own like phone company and it's like super discounted
2: how did i not know about this have i been living under a rock mint mobile i wonder if all the other listeners are looking at this too $15 a month. Maybe I'll yeah. switch. Maybe Mint Mobile wants to sponsor the podcast. Maybe they do. I, I, mean, I mean, I have
1: service wherever I go. I'm, I'm sure that like some areas don't
2: have it, but it's been great to me so far. 15 bucks a month. I hate to tell you, Natasha, I'd be getting kicked off the family plan. I pay for Natasha.
1: <laughs> oh, Natasha's going to be so angry.
2: She's going to be so <laughs> upset with Napoleon here getting kicked off. You know, I've always thought Verizon's such a ripoff. I mean, all of them are, really. Yeah, they all are, the whole thing. Oh, well, I'm going to check out Mint Mobile. Thank you for the tip. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm like astounded at your budget. So the entire budget is rent at 11:36, which compared to everything else, yes, for you was a big number. But for most people, it's not, especially in a metro area internet when you decide to splurge is 45 electricity is 50 and your food and entertainment is 300 so your projected monthly amount i'm not going to count the we will just say 1500 a month yeah lord and you bring in direct deposit it monthly just looking at your spreadsheet it's 43.97 is that correct
1: yeah so that's um that net. Also takes into account the like the money that i set aside from 401k so that's taken out from that too.
2: Yep. And your total contribution amount to your 401k, you have a three and a half percent match and you're putting in $2,000. Yeah. So I don't know if I set this up well on the spreadsheet. Okay. I'm um, trying to look it over. No, sorry.
1: So from January to May, I've been putting in 1865 because that would like hit my max Max. 11 months. And then I kind of ran out of my other retirement accounts to contribute to um, this past month, so I bumped it up to
2: 2000 Okay, because you're going to hit the limit. The max you can put into your 401k is 20500 Right. Okay, so you're going to do that? Yes. So you're going to save, the, which you should, 20500 is going to go into your 401k, plus you have the employer match, and the employer match is 3.5% on your salary or on your contribution amount? On my salary. Amazing. That's even better because that's a higher match. Mm-hmm. So on your salary, that would be, they would be putting $3,325 in.
1: That sounds right. We just recently changed because I asked them like how how it worked and they were like, you know, we don't know. So
2: they have something <laughs> about it. That's really funny. A lot of times they don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. And then you're also doing a Roth IRA. Yes. But you maxed that out already. Yes. Perfect. So you did your 6,000 for your Roth IRA outside of work, which you're eligible to do with your income. So total savings then is, um, including the employer match is $29,825 a year. I'm sorry. $29,825 for retirement.
1: Yes. That sounds right. Well, I also contribute
2: to an HSA and I'm kind of considering that like yeah. Oh, that is too. Okay. So let's see HSA. So you increased that. So I see that went through for April, May, and June. And how much are you intending to put in that for the year? So I already maxed that
1: out. And I okay. think the, the maximum was $3,500. 3500
2: Okay. Let's see. Oh, say... uh, I'm sorry. 3650 is the max. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's a little bit more. Okay. So 3650 So you did that plus... So... Okay, so then 33 yeah, cuz that will be retirement as well if you don't use it. 33,475 is retirement. That sounds right. Okay. And then let's talk about and that is all coming out of your paycheck. So we we still have a net paycheck of 4,397 and we really only have expenses of 1500 on a monthly basis after your 3000 or 33 Thirty-three thousand four hundred seventy-five annual retirement savings, and then monthly you have left over twenty-eight, almost twenty-nine hundred a month.
1: Yeah. So with that, I've been putting it to my Roth IRA, and Array. that's that's what I've been using to max out. And so that's and then um, since I've already done what I can with it in terms of retirement, I was yep. going to put it in the brokerage, but I actually wanted yep. to ask a question about that because I don't know if I should be saving for a down payment for like an investment property Mm -hmm. or if I want to put it to a, um, like an education fund for an uh, MBA. And so I didn't know
2: what your thoughts would be on that. I'm almost like without, okay. My gut instinct is I want you to get a property more than I want you to get an MBA. So my question for the MBA is what is going to be the return on that investment? Well, that's
1: the thing we're like, I I'm not anticipating that it's going to be a huge return. It's just one of those things that I like want to do to say that I've like done it and I've gotten higher education. Education? Yeah. yeah. So like I know it's something that I want to do sometime in the future. And I know that the property is like the you know the better thing to do, but I was wondering if there was like if I could contribute to like a 529 plan for myself and get that tax break so that sometime in the future I could go to school for that, and like the money would already be
2: saved. I like where your head's at. Um, it does give you a. I have to check for your state if you get a tax rate for contributing it. Okay, so first question is since this is connected to Yale, would you be able to go to school for free or discount it because you're employed? So it's a Yale
1: offshoot. So it's not officially affiliated with Yale. Everybody Yale, just okay. came from there.
2: Okay, so it's an offshoot. Okay, so here's what I would do out of the gate. Mm-hmm. I would keep saving for a down payment because I think financially your best bet is going to be a uh, property because especially if you could get a two-family, you could live rent free, which is going to make you feel a lot more comfortable because you know, you'll have someone else paying your rent and expenses and you'll essentially live rent free and you can keep moving up on that. So then you could cash flow school. I would do because you're, you're 25. I would get the down payment, get into a property, two-family, rent out the other side, live rent free and then you could cash flow school that sounds great i think i just that, need to like hear somebody tell me that i you know and i my i'm second generation so my dad's first generation so i i get that appeal of like higher ed you know having that other degree outside of undergrad but i don't think you need to do it quite yet i would i would cash flow it cuz you could even if you got yourself into a property it was a two family you could even rent out a room and then have no expenses and be making a profit, you know? Yeah. So what you're now having for rent, and let's say you got another couple hundred bucks from having a roommate on your side of a two family, you had 1500 a month coming in, that could pay for school. You could just pay as you go. Yeah. No, that sounds great. What? I know- now I, I'm going to have to check on the 529. I don't, I've never had anyone do that. I don't see why you couldn't, but I would just have to check on that um, if you can do it for yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope it's like something I can do because I mean, any type of higher education is going to be really expensive. Mm-hmm. So it it seems like it should,
2: you know, morally be okay. Yep, you can set one up for yourself. Shouldn't be an issue for that. But I would, but I wouldn't do it yet. I would, I would save the down payment money. I think that you could, I think you could probably cash flow higher ed that way because you could do an MBA part time. So if you did it over. Like while you worked, and if you had no living cost, and maybe you were making a profit on the property, you could cover it. So if you got to where you're doing fifteen hundred a month coming in on the property, right, mm-hmm. and you're living for free, so no rent expense, and you're pocketing fifteen hundred besides your salary, times twelve months, that's eighteen thousand a year. So times four years, there's seventy two thousand. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, so I would I would focus on the down payment. Okay. And how much do you think I
1: need to have saved? Because I keep hearing horror stories, like what happened to your property and how it needs like an emergency
2: fund. Like, that. oh, yes. So like, how much should I
0: <sighs>
2: look for a new build? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, yeah, look for a new build. The property I have my office in, which is my problem child, is from 1940. I, I'm in a historic area. You know the British burned it down. Um, George Washington hung out around here. It is old, like old, old, old. Like 1940 is a new build. So I would just look for something that's newer construction, like newer pipes, newer sewer. And I would also look for something that's two family. Or even if you don't want to do two family, you could buy it and rent out the rooms. Yeah. No, that sounds great. Okay. Thank you. I I just didn't. know. But you have a solid emergency fund. I want to bring up that your net worth currently is eighty thousand. Yeah. So you're, you are not going to be, you are not going to have a problem saving. So I would keep saving for a down payment. I would like get on Zillow or realtor.com, look looker in the area, see where two families are, if they exist, what they, what price points look like, how that whole, cause I'm not a real estate expert for that area. And then I would keep putting money in that down payment and then keep, I mean, you have 10,000 in your ally emergency fund and just Keep, I would just keep splitting the difference between the down payment and maybe at, keep adding a little bit to the emergency fund, knowing that at some point that'll be part emergency fund for you, part emergency fund for the house.
1: Okay, I can do
2: that. But I would definitely err on the side of, it's not that I'm against higher education, but there's no return on it from a financial standpoint. If you're going to still make 95000 then I would focus on the property first, and then hopefully that can help cash flow and pay for either because you have no rent costs um, or you're making a little bit of money on it. So it can help subsidize some schooling. Yeah. That makes sense. And maybe as you get like a little further in, you know, down the road, maybe you'll know, do you know exactly what you want? You definitely want an MBA or.
1: Well, I think it's more like, I kind of want to go into project management because that's where I'm at in my current job and I kind of like it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also feel like there's so much that I don't know that, like it would just be easier to just get an m b a and have that like filled out for me,
2: so yeah, I would keep working and figure it out, like find out exactly what kind of higher education you would want, and in that meantime, save for that down payment, ideally get a a property so that you have no rent or you have additional cash flow to pay for it, and that'll give you more time to hone in on what type of higher education so that you get yeah. the biggest bang for your buck on that spend.
1: So what is a good... I know this is an unfair question. I'm sorry. <sighs> when is a good time to buy a property? Because I keep like reading all these headlines and I just feel like the world's exploding.
2: The world is exploding, apparently. <laughs> um, so there's probably never a great time. I think housing prices should come down as interest rates go up. So historically... Interest rates have never been as low as they were last year, right? Three and a half percent is what people were seeing. They have now jumped up. They're going to, and my prediction is they're going to continue to go up as they continue to raise interest rates. So it's usually one or the other. Either house prices are high and interest rates are low or interest rates are high and housing prices are lower, right? So if you think about it as a seesaw. So you're probably going to have higher interest rates over the next few years. I think housing prices We'll probably have to come down a little when, when the interest rates go up. But mortgage rates, let's see what mortgage rates are right now. But I think my mortgage rate, I refinanced, um, it was 2.5%. So current average rates right now, I think, are a smidge under 7%, which is unbelievable given what they were a year ago. So I do think they're going to continue to go up. So I would just build up the down payment and see if you, get, you can look for a deal. So... You can always effectively bring down your interest rate by using principal-only payments. So you could always get a 30-year fixed mortgage, even if the interest rate is 7 or 8%. If that's what the rates are at the time, that's what the rates are. And when you live in it, it's still a residential, right? Even if it's two-family, it's still residential. And then you would just do principal-only payments should you want to, to bring down that effective interest rate. But if you're going to school, you might not do that. You're might use you going to use the money to pay for school. And then when you get done with school, ideally, if you go to get a higher education, you get a return on that investment. So your income should bump up. And then you could use that money to help pay down your effective interest rate. But there's probably going to be no perfect time. So you'll just have to see what the market environment is. But I do think interest rates are going to continue to go up. You have almost 20000 already saved. So you could start like hunting for a house now. That's so exciting. Yeah. So you could, you could start looking. Um, You don't have to put 20% down. I usually like to see people put 20% down, but you are so good with the budget. I have never heard of a budget like this. I've never met anyone who's gone without internet. So I think that you can do a lot. You make your, you're going to make your dollar go really far. I don't think you necessarily need to do 20% down. If you find something that's really attractive while interest rates are still in the lower end because um, I do think they'll probably go up. You could go ahead with that sooner rather than later. And if for some reason interest rates come down on mortgages, which I doubt, you could always refinance.
1: Okay. So something which might throw a wrench in my plans. It, okay. I kind of also want to move across the country to like the East Coast. It's always been like a dream of mine growing up to like live in all of the different regions of the United States and like see all of the different types of life that people lead. So I've already been in the sure. south. I've already been in the west and I've already been in the east coast. And so the last thing I want is the uh, the, the west, coast. west coast. Yeah.
2: So so I would I would do that before you buy cuz okay. owning a home especially if you're going to live in it and if you unless you're planning on being in Connecticut for a couple years, well I guess it's up to you because if you own a home in Connecticut and then you move to the west coast, you just need to make sure someone's going to like help you take care of that, right? Because if something goes wrong, you could hire a company to manage it mm-hmm. or you could just keep saving and have the freedom and flexibility that you don't own anything and be able to just john over to the West Coast, work there for a little bit, and then decide where it is that you want to buy.
1: I think I have too many trust issues to let a property manager handle it.
2: I had a feeling you might say that. So I would so then I wouldn't do it right now. I would keep saving for your down payment and and then you have that flexibility that when you go, if you decide to move to the West Coast and take a job there, you don't have that worry about what happens in the property and the tenants back East. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So keep saving for the down payment. I definitely think down payment over higher education, I might get some heat for that. But I think given that you're not totally positive on what you want the schooling to be. I wouldn't invest because you could end up spending $70,000. I wouldn't end up, I, I think you're better off with a property. 100%. To, yeah. To start. Yeah. No. That's Now, right. does that make sense? So what other questions do you have? Um.
1: So in the Excel is a little screenshot of something yes. that I had no idea what it is. Apparently, it's a thing with startups where you have stock
2: options.
1: Yeah. I have not the first faintest clue what that is
2: or what I do with it. So is this the company you're currently with? Yes. Okay. So they're going to give you stock options. It's subject to continued employment. It's typically a four-year vesting schedule. So you get 25% on your first anniversary of employment, and then 75% is prorated monthly after a 36-year period. So essentially, you need to be there four years to get the full amount, and then they're going to give you stock options. So how how long, you just started with them, right? Yes, in January. Okay, perfect. So when you're going to get, so basically they give you a portion of your stock options incrementally, and then you'll get 100% of them after that four year, but they they prorate it, which is nice. So you get a portion every month after your first year, but you have to be there till at least next January to get that first 25%. And then they're going to give you options to buy the stock.
1: Okay, so that's something that I have to like proactively
2: say. I want to buy this particular thing. Yep. So it gives you the option, but not the, they're not going to force you. But they give you the option to buy the company stock at a set price at a set date. Typically, does that make sense? So you just have to see. You'll probably need a little bit more information. There should be a portal that you can log on to, and it'll let you know. Okay. Like yeah, m- the number of shares, at what price. So there's a few okay. more yeah. details that we we need. But the, the great thing is we know that they vest. So that means you'll have them after four years. But we kind of also need to know the number of shares that you're going to get and at what set price.
1: Okay, I think that's also another thing that my HR isn't super clear about. really uh, yeah well we're a very very small company we're like six full-time employees so wow okay so i'm surprised
2: you have stock options we get a lot of money in got it okay so that's why they're doing it so that's good this is good for you so this might be a company you want to you want to see what the valuation of these stock options are or the potential valuation of what these stock options are because ninety five thousand is just your actual salary that's not including these stock options and they could be pretty valuable Okay. Yeah. So th- this might be a reason to stay with the company for four years to make sure that you get a get all your stock options. Because depending on the valuation, that could bump you up to well over 100000
1: Yeah. And my 401k vests over – has like a three-year vesting schedule, I think it's called. So, I mean, I would stay with them that long anyway, unless they kick
2: me out. <laughs> Which I doubt. Okay. Perfect. Yes, yeah, so you just need to find a little bit more um, – you just need a few more details – Usually with the stock options, there's a portal that you can log on to to see the date they were granted to you, the vesting, the number of shares, and the price. Okay. There's usually a portal, and it might be the same portal that you have your retirement and your HSA in. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Okay, so maybe it's a different company. Um, it could, you know, Fidelity is a big player in that space, so that could be it. HR should know who's handling it, though. They should have some more information on it.
1: I will cross my fingers and ask.
2: Oh, gosh, I hope so. <laughs> Hopefully someone knows. Hopefully someone knows. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't tell you the potential valuation of that, because that's like an incentive to go work for them.
1: Yeah, no, like my hiring process was very it seemed like off the cuff, where, you know, I had about eight different meetings with them at like six AM my time. Oh, wow. And, and, you know, it was always like a panel of people because even though we have like six full time employees, we have about ten million consultants.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. And for some reason the consultants were interviewing me and I I was I was scared. So I I didn't like want to ask too many questions because I really wanted to work for this company. So yeah, that's that's my excuse. I have no I have nothing past
2: that. And it's not a publicly traded company, is it? I have not a clue. Let's see. I'm not going to say the name since this is anonymous. Um, this looks like it is a private company and you are venture backed. So you have been issued stock options for a privately held company. I would imagine if you're venture capital backed, they're going to try and get bought or go public. That sounds right. Does that sound right? Have you heard any of that? See who? Yep, looks like you have some pretty big VCs. Okay, yes, I see why HR has not, especially since it's small and you have a lot of consultants. If this takes, you'll probably do a lot better than ninety five thousand a year, based on what I'm looking at. Wait, what do you mean if so, it takes? Meaning, if the so have you're familiar with venture capital? Like vaguely. Okay. So typically uh, venture capital money goes in and they'll make an investment, but when they make an investment, they usually want to get a big return on their investment. They don't want 10%, it's like a hundred times or whatever the number is. So when they, when they back a, a private company like that, they're funding you, they're giving you money and there's the expectation is there's some sort of payout usually in a three to five year, they have specific turnarounds that they're trying to target. So in order to get their money back out, they normally need to either IPO the company and public or they want to be purchased that actually explains a lot about like what I've been hearing around the office okay so not knowing other than a quick google search I have a feeling based on what I'm seeing online you have some pretty big players so my guess is you have some it looks like I would something should happen and I would guess the three to five year time frame it looks like Your company was founded around 2016, Mm -hmm. right? So obviously, I don't know the biotech space that well, but I'm assuming it's a little bit longer of a time horizon. Um, So hopefully you can vest these options and get paid out on them after four years, if not sooner, if the company... Did they mention what their, their overall goal with the company was when you were getting hired? They did not. Huh. I, I
1: kind of like asked, but I wasn't sure if that was an appropriate thing to ask during an interview. So I tried to be sly about it. And um, I don't think that the people who was interviewing with me knew, like, I'm not sure they were high up enough to kind of get a sense of what the intentions were. I know that we, this is anonymous, right? I know that yes. we like have a drug in clinical trials and we signed like a million dollar contract with another biotech company. Um, for the next four years for another drug development in in our area. Um, I'm sorry, like our, our area of science. Okay. So I, I kind of thought that we were just here to make drugs and then, you know, our CEO is getting older, so maybe she would just retire after that is kind of what I assumed.
2: Yep. So I think they'll probably, and I could be wrong. I mean, I don't know the, the inner workings of the company, but I think they'll probably... Try, they're going to test out some of these drugs you guys are developing. Maybe somebody bigger will come in and buy your company if the drug does well or the next drug does well. But usually with a venture-backed company, they're looking for some sort of big growth potential. So, you know, to 10X their money, and usually the way they're able to get their money out is through some sort of acquisition or or if it goes publicly or a SPAC or something like that. So you can do pretty well working for startups if they, if they're successful. So it's usually a little bit of a gamble because not every startup is successful. Not every venture deal does well, but if they do do well, they're usually pretty big multiples. So Depends on what your stock options look like. But now this is making more sense that it's privately held, why there's not a ton of information, why you can't log into like say Fidelity and see the price and everything because it's a privately held company that's venture backed. I mean, I'm sure there's a portal somewhere. I'm just not sure we, like I know about it. Yep, it's going to be, when it's a privately held company, it's a different portal. It's not going to be Fidelity because it's not traded on an exchange. So it's not totally, it's not as transparent. It's not like you can go online and, see the price of the stock because the price of the stock is based on the amount of money that's been raised, right? It's all Mm -hmm. private valuation, so it's not publicly available. So you can definitely ask to say, I wanna get an understanding of the approximate value and they might be able to give it to you. They might have to get back to you. It's not gonna be quite as easy, Um, but this could be a great opportunity for you. I would definitely keep your ear to the ground and see what you're hearing. And I think it's an absolutely fair question to ask what the ultimate goal of the business is, right?
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: But I would if I were you, I would definitely try and stick around so that you're fully vested because sometimes when these companies hit it can be big payoffs. That could that could fund the down payment or maybe school.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I want to be here at least for, you know, if nothing else for the vesting of the 401k and the, you know, everything else. Plus, yeah, that's absolutely. my dream. So That's another good reason to stay. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like kind of also part-time office manager, so I can buy like snacks and pantry food. So I just like eat it at work. At work. And because <laughs> I buy it, I only buy like stuff that I like. So it's super
2: nice. Amazing. Well, you are in a good spot, my dear. Yes, thank you. Do you have any other questions for me? I don't think so. You answered them all so well. Okay, wonderful. Well, I would love for you to stay in touch. I want to hear how it goes with this venture-backed biotech company. It's very fascinating. And to see how it goes with saving for the down payment.
1: Napoleon is here to conquer and win, so I will keep you in the loop.
2: Okay, amazing. Um, And for all our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram for the most up-to-date information. Our username is Future Rich Podcast, and you can find us online at www.futurerichpodcast.com. And for all the lovely listeners, if you could rate and review us, it would mean the world to me. You can do that at Apple Podcast or also on Spotify.